0: This podcast was produced by RFM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand On the Air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Kia ora everyone, my name is Arina Aizal and thank you for tuning in on Otago Access Radio for my radio show and podcast The Arenality. I would like to acknowledge our listeners on Radio Canepas in Hawke's Bay, Wellington Access Radio, Plains FM in Christchurch, Free FM in Hamilton, and Coast Access Radio in Horofenoa and Kapiti. Hello from Dunedin, and to our international listeners out there tuning into the podcast, Hello from New Zealand. The Ironality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging, well-being, and passions in Aotearoa. In this episode, we have an interview with Shahad Al-Ismaili, a dentistry student from Omani, here with us today to talk about her story. Kira, Shahad.
1: Hello, Irina. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I feel really honored to be on your podcast. Thank you so much.
0: Something that we realized today was that we've met before, like two years ago during a program for international students. Yeah, Yeah. and it's so funny to, like, recall that that was, like, two, three years ago. I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was very long ago.
1: Mm. Yeah, I have a bad memory, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I feel like uh, things have been blurred ever since the pandemic came up. It's like nothing. Oh, my God, yeah. I don't know what time is. Um, yeah, but thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk to you and get to know you today. <laughs> yeah, would you thank please you. introduce
1: yourself to our listeners? Right. So my name is Shahed and I always like to introduce myself by explaining the meaning behind my name so that people can remember it easier. So Jihad is an Arabic name, which means bee honey, so the edible sweet honey. Yeah, and I am a dental student here at the University of Otago. I am in my fourth year and I'm originally from Oman, one of the GCC countries in the Middle East. Mm.
0: Thank you so much for teaching us about your name. That's so, such a beautiful name. Like it means yeah. honey, you know, it's such a sweet um name. like my name Arena, it can also be Arabic, but I'm not really sure Ooh. the meaning of it because like the Arabic name Arena exists but not Arena. <laughs> so I'm not even sure. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you for that introduction. Um, so you told us you're from Oman, uh, but you came here to study. Maybe we'll talk about your study journey because you came here as a student
1: Mm -hmm. Mm.
0: can you tell us about your course and how you got here
1: right so I don't remember when exactly I had this um, idea about studying abroad but as far as I can remember I really wanted to be fully independent when I got to college and of course one way of doing that is to just escape home I guess <laughs> in, in a positive way like um, going abroad and really forcing yourself to take the responsibility of everything in your life and so I remember at the time I wasn't really sure about what major I should study but I was 100% sure that I wanted to study abroad mm-hmm. to take you know full responsibility of my life and to grow as a, as a new adult. Yeah, that's
0: very brave of you. Thank you. <laughs> uh,
1: I guess I had to do it because um, I didn't really like how I was really lazy and, and dependent on my parents to do basically everything for me, mm. from you know cleaning my clothes to bigger stuff like paying the rent and finish my paperwork. So I guess I always imagine. Imagine going abroad, like, jumping from a cliff into the sea when I don't really know how to swim, you know? So I just had it, I just had to take such steps so that I forced myself to be more responsible.
0: That's amazing that you wanted to get out of your comfort zone, you know, and, like, face reality just like that. Um, Did you choose to come to New Zealand?
1: Well... I wanted to go to the UK be- because I knew some of my friends were planning to go to the UK as well. And to be honest, I just I heard about New Zealand from like the the options we had. So from the options of you know study dentistry, but other than that, I didn't really know where New Zealand is. Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: And what was your first impression when you got here?
1: Mm, That's a good question. I don't remember. Uh, It's been a while. But I I think the first impression was that people here are really friendly. Yeah. I remember um, coming from the airport and... I was living with a, uh, a host family and the host mom was uh, really kind to take me and my dad to her house and invite us. So that was really nice of her. And I guess with over time, it just um, was even clearer that people here are so nice.
0: Yeah, that's great that you got really good support when you arrive because that's a very important time. You know, you just, um, you know, it's especially because you haven't heard of New Zealand before, so <laughs> it's like you you want to feel at ease knowing that you know what's going on. That's mm-hmm. really great. Yeah. Um. And where are you at with your dentistry course right now?
1: Um, do you mean in terms so- of. Year yeah, yeah. So um, I'm in my fourth year now, which is second to last. <gasps> really exciting, and yeah, um, we just started a month ago, but it felt like perhaps a full semester. <laughs> it's <laughs> been really, really busy, and I, I, I feel like I'm still running, and. You know, I'm still very confused about the course. Mm. But I guess it's the beginning of every year, so it should be fine. Hopefully, with time, I will get used to it. And, yeah, I will stick to a, a proper routine and s- start, you know. Yeah. And oh, it yeah, doesn't yeah, so. help that
0: we're in a pandemic as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there are mm-hmm. some changes, some differences from how you used to study. And now, when, you know, it's so hard to be outside, True, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. Um, So it's really great to know, like, um, how you got here to New Zealand. You know, it's a lot of people came here for studying, um, so it's really good to acknowledge that. Um, So let's talk about your cultural identity. Um, So you're the first Oman. Omani that I'm interviewing on the show which is really cool. I've actually been to Oman.
1: Um, oh, it's hey. so
0: beautiful. Um I went there for my Umrah. So it's like um so for those of you who don't know Umrah it's like you know it's like Hajj but a mini Hajj where um Muslims go and you know um perform their um, prayers and everything um, but we've got to visit Oman for a really short trip I think it was like a day a day trip to Oman and everything is so beautiful there were so many flowers palaces like the buildings are so nice um, I'm sure they brought us to all the tourist places mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah so it's really nice to talk to you and get to know um, like what it's like being in Omani.
1: mm. That's a really interesting topic. I mean, I grew up um, in a very homogenous culture, say. So, both my parents are from the same town and they're from basically the same family as well, but not related. And so, I grew up um, with very similar people around me, and we had a like everyone there was very similar in terms of their beliefs, their religion, their culture, and, and traditions as well. So we had a lot in common. And so um, I haven't realized that at the moment, but now when I think back at it, it feels kind of strange that someone like me who grew up in a very homogeneous culture and homogeneous environments um, would not really feel and understand the the aspect of feeling proud and an honor towards towards their culture and I didn't realize this earlier I, as I said it's it's kind of a something that I realized with time now that I'm in New Zealand but I don't I don't quite remember feeling that deep connection towards my culture for some reason that I I still don't really understand. And I remember in school, we were taught about um, Arabic poetry. And there's like a whole class of uh, Arabic poetry that's um, about pride and honor that the writers would express to their tribes, to their to their families, and whenever we were taught about these poems, I would always question why do all these people feel all these, you know, such uh, pride and honor towards their, their, you know, their people when, in fact, they didn't choose to be from a diff- like from a certain culture or from a certain race, perhaps, and so I didn't really get why you know Mm. and when i came to new zealand i had this thought that you know such feelings were only distinctive to arabic cultures and when i came here and met people from many different cultures and they had the same honor and they love their culture so much and they want to share it with the world i i got mesmerized by that that you know, people from different cultures can feel that deep connection towards their culture as well. Mm-hmm. It's not only, you know, where, where I grew up. It's, it's basically everywhere. And to this day, I, I still not fully aware why that happened to me. You know, feeling really um, detached, say, from um, the environment I lived in. And I think I came to a conclusion or maybe a semi-conclusion that this might be because for a very long time, I was very detached from myself as a person. And so if you are not deeply connected to yourself, it's really, really hard, hard to feel co- connected to other people. And it's e- even harder to Connect to your culture, and even harder to connect to, you know, people from a larger scale. And again, this is just an assumption, and it could be something else that I was going through. Uh, I, I don't know, but I think it, this could be one of the reasons that really impaired my me feeling proud and you know that deep connection and honour towards my culture and, you know, the people I love to it. Yeah.
0: Firstly, thank you so much for sharing that. You said that you've talked to a lot of other people who feel that sense of pride uh, for their own cultures. But have you met anyone who feel the same way as you do?
1: Mm, I actually do. Yeah, I, I, I know maybe a couple of friends of mine who are, like, um, I would say they're not the proudest people of um, their cultures. But I haven't really talked about this issue before with anyone, so I they may be a bit different from, like, where I'm coming from. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a very... Raw and sensitive topic for me, which is why like I feel kind of nervous a lot of it to talk about it, but yeah,
0: yeah, it's not really like a cup of coffee conversation and oh let's talk about no, you know let's talk no, about your <laughs>
1: belonging issues yeah
0: <laughs> well no, no. I can assure you there are so many people out there who feel the same way and for some people, they can explain why they feel detached by their own culture, but for some, they can't, you know, and that's totally fine. Um, I guess people are different, like some people can, they some people have their sense of identity rooted to their culture, but some people, they can stand alone without having their sense of identity attached to their culture. Does that make any sense? Mm, um, yeah
1: it does. Thank you for that.
0: Yeah. Like um as for me, I came to New Zealand when I was young. So I detached myself from my Malaysian culture, but I'm still trying to relearn my Malaysian culture. Um even though I lived in Malaysia more, but because I had like a time in New Zealand where you know, it's um, it's my prime childhood time in New Zealand, so um it's very hard for me to connect with my Malaysian friends about like um the things they're watching on t v or um you know some things about the culture that I don't understand why it even exists, you know things like that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah, so it's a very common feeling, and um it's amazing that you're sharing it with me because it's like you know, you're sharing with me this journey of you trying to understand why you're feeling that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, perhaps since I, I kind of understood that I have this issue, I was trying to connect with myself more. And I guess I can say now that I'm feeling quite better in terms of my um culture belonging, so that might be a good thing <laughs> maybe we're we're getting there one day, yeah, but yeah. It, it's good that i can I can feel that something has changed when when I started to work on my connection to myself, that actually reflected my connection with other people and my culture, which is nice, yeah,
0: that's amazing, you know that might be like your life journey to you know, learn more about yourself so that you can find those connections to your culture. You know, that's, that's, that's like a book that you can write, you know, like, those are the oh. stories <laughs> or a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's amazing, Shahad. Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay. Mm. And I like how you say that it's only when you came to New Zealand that you realized more that, you know, this is something that you've been feeling. Um, it's usually like that when we escaped or when we are out of like our um, culture or our circle of um, comfort, that's when we realize so many things that's different about us, you know? Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. And I think this is a perfect segue to talk about well-being because I'm sure all these thoughts in your head, you know, thinking about your identity, it brings up not good things. (laughs) So how do you take care of your well-being when you need to?
1: That's a very good question and a very hard question to answer, to be honest. Because, I mean, all this time I didn't understand and I didn't realize how much detached I was from myself I was and I still am like a pretty people person so I I like being around people I like spending a lot of time around people but of course that has its its downside where you kind of just neglect yourself in a way or maybe I did that like excessively where I wasn't have I wasn't having any time for myself to actually sit and understand myself even more. So back then, all the things I knew about myself were what people will tell me about me, about myself. So, yeah, and I guess during lockdown, and I I hear this all the time from a lot of people, that during lockdown, when we were forced to sit by, by ourselves, We I I discovered that I've never actually sat down and listened to my thoughts and I realized how I basically don't know anything about myself and that was a really stressful time for me because I was lost with my identity, I didn't know who I was and I, I was trying to get out of all these you know assumptions made by people about me, but I was trying also to build my, my own knowledge on who I am. And I, I had no basic knowledge about who I was. And so it was a really stressful time. And so I guess that time as well, where I actually started to learn how to take care of myself because I had, it, I had to, I mean, it was uh, a pretty tough time for me, and I needed to do something, and I can proudly say that I seeked help for my mental health issues, and that really opened the door for me, and with seeking help for your mental health, um, they help quite a lot with defining stuff you're going through, and it's... It's really difficult to identify and name, you know, the the experience you're going through. So you can understand it. But when you go and speak to with an expert and they define, you know, the phases you're going through, it just helps you so much. And so I learned uh, the term perfectionism for the first time. I learned about anxiety for the first time. And now I can look those terms up in google and youtube and learn more about them which is really nice yeah so uh i guess i perhaps i didn't answer the question but
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) no you did you said that you got help for your mental health that is like the most important and also the hardest way of taking care of your well-being you know like going to therapy and realizing you need help that is not like an easy thing to do. It's very brave. So I'm mm-hmm. like kudos to you for like realizing that um, sometimes we do need help.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And sure. I like how you mentioned perfectionism because last week um, I reflected on perfectionism. Um, I have perfectionistic traits as well, so it's like you know, when, especially when you're a perfectionist, sometimes it's harder to ask for help because you want to do things by yourself. You you are challenging yourself with all these things, um, all these unnecessary things. Uh, and some of it is actually challenging your mental health, which is very bad. So thank you for sharing about that.
1: Thank
0: you. Mm. Um. What is your current day-to-day life right now looks like?
1: Mm, Okay, so I... Let's see. (laughs) It's a pretty busy day, I would say. It's mostly... I, I spend most of the day in the dental school. So from early morning to five, sometimes even to 8 p.m. in the dental school, finishing my work. And um, since it's the first month of this year, I think um, I'm kind of not really taking care of myself very much, I would say. I, I, I tend to be um, studying most of the time and I try to cut some time out for reading or exercising which is good but I think I still need to work um harder to you know go out very often and yeah do the things I love Hmm.
0: yeah and that's so important right trying to make time for all that Mm -hmm. and it's so hard because you're already a busy person maybe what you need is to not do something you know to just rest
1: yeah, I actually do this quite often. And perhaps I don't have like a set plan for whenever I feel down. Like, I don't have like a one, two, three um, plan where I would, you know, do stuff when I feel not myself. Yeah. But I, I guess what I'm really thankful for is that now I can identify when I'm not fe- feeling very well. So when. I guess my sleeping schedule is not ideal or um, I have a big appetite and suddenly I'm craving a lot of sugar, which is like the first warning signs for me that something is going on. And I guess it's quite hard to actually actually identify those signs. And so when I get such signs, I know that I shouldn't be pushing myself too hard during that day. And so I kind of take it easy during that day and really be intentional and um I just allow myself to have some space to do everything slowly and just be relaxed yeah but sometimes it's really hard to be fair I mean um especially when you have like uh deadlines so you have something to do very urgently commitments Mm -hmm. yeah especially with university yeah (laughs) Yeah. it can be hard to you know take the time off and um I try to actually balance this out so I, I, I try to balance between try to meet those deadlines but also relax so mostly I would do this by you know Trying just to focus on one task at a time because I'm, I'm usually a very um, multitasking person, like I do m- many things at the same time, which is not good, I guess. Yeah, and yeah, especially in these days, I, I try my best to force myself just when, whenever I have a meal, I just eat, I just keep my phone away <laughs> and just eat and enjoy the food so that at least I. You know, I, I
0: relax myself. Those are very good tips, Shahad. It's like, you know, um, you're aware that there are times, there are days when you need more support for yourself. So just letting yourself rest and not taking yourself seriously. I think a lot of other people need to hear that as well. Um, especially during the pandemic, you know, there's so many things out of your control. Um, so just... It's a very good reminder to rest. Yeah. Um, and this has been such a really good conversation. Um, thank you so much for being here today on our show. I really appreciate you
1: sharing your journey with us. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope that I may be inspired or, you know, just uh, great, just sent a message to someone who needed it.
0: That is the end of our episode of The Arnality today. I hope you learn a lot about Shahad's story on her growing up in a homogeneous culture, struggling with belonging, and relearning about herself and her identity and how she takes care of her mental health. If anyone would like to contact me, feel free to email arena at gmail.com. You can also follow me on my Instagram at Arina Aizal. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! You've been listening to The Arenality on RFM.